As you guys are about to take your seats, look to the person next to you and say, if it wasn't for you, I would be the best dressed person here this morning. You have totally spoiled my kit uh, this morning. Guys, we're in our, our third um, week of our Unstoppable series. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. We really believe that the work and the will of God is unstoppable. There is nothing on this planet that's ever going to get in the way of what God's going to push through. He's going to grow. He's going to manifest. He's going to pour His power into. And we believe that we want to partner with God as He does that in our lives, in our family, and for our cities. But this morning, uh, we, the first week we would have spoke about the unstoppable church and how even uh, Jesus says that the gates of hell will not even prevail against what the church, that the church is a body uh, and Christ is the head and that each one of us have been given gifts to work together to grow the church. Is that good? Everybody's still there. Okay, cool. The second week we spoke about the word and Andre would have spoken last week about how even in John 1, 1, where it says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. It says that nothing that was made was made unless it was through him. And so whilst we see that we, work, we come from the Word, which is Jesus, we will be sustained by the Word. But we get, sometimes get so caught in the world to sustain us when we should allow the Word to sustain us. Does everybody still remember that? Quick read. Well, tonight, tonight. Today we're going to be talking about the unstoppable seed sown into a kingdom. And so I'm going to be reading a story out of Matthew chapter 14. And if you have your Bibles with you, uh, you can turn and make your way and just keep it there so long until I get there. I'll just get through my introduction quickly. But Matthew's chapter 14 we'll be reading uh, this morning. But um, the, the key to this title for this morning is what we sow in God's kingdom is unstoppable. And that's, that's going to be the theme of this morning's message. You know, even as we were heading into 2022 uh, as a team, as a church, as a leadership team, we were kept praying and asking God for what He wanted to do in His church. We kept saying, God, will you speak to us? Will you allow us uh, the opportunity to hear from you and what you want to do? What, what is 2022 going to look like and beyond? And we really feel as a team that God is calling us to faith. He's calling 2022 to be a year of faith. Not just faith, but a year of revival. A year that where we have faith, we have the ability to be part of a revival. And so we actually presented to our kingdom builders last year a two million rand, and Andre would have shared it with you, a two million rand op, uh, opportunity that we were gonna go out into communities where we were looking at planting churches. So. Even during COVID, you would know that we were one location, but now three locations. Uh, with our online guys, welcome. But you guys are our fourth location. And so whilst we, we, we actually saw that the church grew, we believe God wants to do more because He's not done. If we still got the faith, He can still sow the seed. We got to get to the point where God wants to do more, immeasurably more than we can ever ask, imagine, or think uh, by the power of His Word that's on us, in us, and through us. And so um, we, we've actually been speaking to, um, doing a lot of outreach. We actually believe that there's a church in Atlantis, future Atlantis. I don't know about you, but that just has a ring. There is a community that needs God there. We believe in view church Malmesbury, view church Hout Bay, view church. Like we are looking at saying, how do we grow and expand? And we want to be faithful uh, to grow God's kingdom. Um, you guys would know that our founding pastors, Graham and Jenny, founded this church in 1900. No, I'm <laughs> Don't tell Graham I told you he was that old. Um, 
But but I found it. They're absolutely amazing couple. And and, and partnered with some of the, the 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 congregation sitting here today. You've been part of that journey, where they've sown seeds of faith. And today, when we look back, even as Graham and Jenny, you know, six churches currently with online. That seven churches are operating this morning. They they, they launched. They were they were launch pad for a, a Zambia missions. They, they they actually started Salt Ministries, which we helped with the vulnerable. They have got such a legacy that they're leaving. But you know what? If you spoke to them, the most humblest people, you know all they want to do? They just want to sow a seed in the kingdom. And the seed that they sow in is faith. And what we reap and sit and experience today is because of a seed of faith that was sown at some point. And I want to invite you as a church, let's not procrastinate. Let's get into the planting the seed because who knows what God's going to do in 10 years by the seeds you're going to sow today in our generations, in our communities and what God wants to do. I believe that God, we've got a culture of revival in this church. We've got a culture of really stirring and awakening, not being scared, being courageous. You know, lockdown thought it was going to crush us. No, every opportunity we could meet in 50, we took it. Every opportunity we could meet in 100, we took it. Every opportunity we could meet online, we took it. We didn't stop because we knew that God calls us to be courageous because wherever we go, He goes with us. Joshua 1. And so here's the definition of revival, because I know some of you might go, what is your definition of revival? Well, definition of revival is a move of the Spirit of God marked by His presence and His power that ushers in the King and His kingdom, an awakening church for a greater passion for Jesus and a deeper commitment for the cause of what He wants to do on this earth, which is the lost saved and His culture that transforms us to His image. That's our prayer for you. Our prayer for you and your families as a church is that you guys would experience everything that God wants you to experience through your life and through the move of God on your family and through your family. I believe that God wants to awaken something inside of you and your families to a deeper, passionate relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe through that you're probably going to ident- you're going to realize whose you are. You will identify that that your identity is in Christ. And when you understand whose you are, you understand who you are. You'll know what to do. And so it'll stir a mission, not just for the church, but in your families, that we will get after the mission, which is the will and purpose of what God wants to do. Our church is called to be a harvest church. I don't know, hey? Uh, as a church, whenever you look at us, we're always trying to see lost, saved, saved, discipled, and discipled serving. If you haven't done growth track, by the way, it's a great, um, while we're in here, I'll just interject. Battery sold separately. If you haven't done growth track, it's a great way to get into this. But growth track's a great front door to the church. But we believe that God wants to take the lost and, and, and have them saved, the saved, discipled, and discipled serving. Our church believes that we call to a mandate, not just for our city, not just for our country, but beyond our borders. And so Zambia missions, you guys will be very aware of. We believe that we have faith to believe that God's not just going to work in our community, but there is a community. And so you would have met the missionaries over the last few weeks of what God is busy doing. A, a, a testimony I want to share with you 
personal testimony is I, uh, currently Abby and myself are serving on the team at Milkbos location and, and it's been such a privilege but that I believe that journey started when I was about 10 years old I was living in Cryfontaine which is uh, if you don't know where that is you need a GPS you just type in Burevors Curtain and then it'll take you all the way there it's about fast cars um, and but we lived in Cryfontaine and I believe that when I was 10 years old I started bodyboarding but God planted something in my heart uh, for Malkbos when I believe he planted it when, when I was 10 years old already. I believe he's faithful. Sorry. At 27 years old, um, I said to my wife, we bought a flat. I said, let's move into Oskip Caravan Park. She said to me, oh, you know, Oskip <laughs> Caravan Park. I said, we're going to live in a tent for two years and then we're going to pay our property off quickly. We had just had a newborn baby. I literally almost sold her that. <laughs> she was prepared to go. I was like, there's a big swimming pool. And she said, but what am I going to do with the baby at night? I said, don't worry, we'll figure it out. It'll be like camping every day. Yeah, I think rationale kicked in and she was like, no ways. But, but I remember saying to her that I, I, I was a part of a different church and part of the youth. And I said, hey, imagine we could run a church in, in Oskip Caravan Park. And I had this vision always that I wanted to turn Oskip Caravan Park into a water park. And I like, like slide. And I always used to make this joke is that that's how we would baptize people. And then baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and just push it down the slide. Woo! And I get to heaven and Jesus is like, wow, you revolutionized baptism. So many people were baptized. But, but I think what I'm trying to share is that that, that that was a seed sown by my parents years ago that continued. Now we are in the community, living in the community, and it's such a privilege because we're part of one church, which is three locations. But I believe that that started years ago because of a seed that was sown. Another one is, I remember... In a prayer meeting, powerhouse prayer on a Tuesday, Graham one evening comes and he says, guys, we need to pray. Okay, everybody, we need to pray. I've just put the deadline because what they were trying to do is get View Church Melpos open, uh, View Church Milneton to the deadline where they would actually have the opening day. But there was always renovations and stuff and they didn't have the finance at the time. And he came and he said, listen, I've just put a deadline on it. It's this date. Now we've got to pray because <laughs> now God needs to pray. Next week, he walks into the prayer meeting and says, you won't believe it. A woman who is unsaved, who's not connected to the church, has just donated over 3 million rand to the exact amount of what was needed to complete the church. And that is just a testimony of how the goodness of God. And why am I sharing this with you is because testimonies strengthen our faith. They remind us of what God has done. And so even as you look at 2022 and you think, I don't know, it might be too big. I want to remind you that God's already moved in your life. He's continuing to move. He's never stopped moving. And faith is an action. It moves God into action. Even in Psalms 22, if we can get that scripture up, it actually says this. It says, um, it says that God is enthroned on the praises of His people. 
And when we don't remember what God has done in our lives, we kind of limit Him for what He still wants to do through our lives. So if you actually have a look at uh, Psalms 78 verse, from verses 41, it says, yet again and again, they tempted God. This is the Israelites, okay? They limited the Holy One of Israel. Why? Because they did not remember His power. What God wants to do is not limited by what you're capable of doing. What God wants to do is capable by Him, which is unlimited. And it says that um, they didn't remember when he, he fought the enemies for them, when He brought them out of the land of Egypt. Like they forgot about this. Sometimes your life will get to a standstill as a Christian if you forget the testimonies of what God has already done. Because those strengthen our faith. They remind us of what He's still going to do. And I believe 2022 is going to be a year of faith. And so this morning we're going to be reading a scripture there where Jesus is actually with his disciples and he, you know what he's doing? He's inviting them into a moment of faith so that they could see a miracle. Most of you know the story. It's told in, 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 in kids' church. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Huh? Feeding of the 5,000. Jesus was using this opportunity to invite his disciples to partner with him so that they could see a miracle. So read with me in Matthew chapter 14, verses four, from, starting from verses 14. It says this. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, He had compassion on them and He healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to Him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send these crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves food. Now, when we reference the story of feeding of the 5,000, I just want to let you know that scholars actually point out that they only recorded the men. We're talking about 5,000 men. They say with women and children, you're probably looking at anything between 15 to 20,000 people sitting in front of Jesus now. Now, this story is recorded in all four Gospels, but I love the piece. I'm just going to take a piece out of what John records because he takes a picture of something that we don't see in the other Gospels. So John 6 Verses 5 to 6 says this. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowds coming to him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to, to test him. You see, if your faith can't be tested, it can't be trusted. And so God's going to push you. Sometimes you're going to, but, but this is a testing scene. No, no, no. It's a faith season. God wants to move. And sometimes if you're feeling tested, just stay the course because God's about to do something if you have the faith. And this is what he was inviting Philip to do because it goes on to say, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Jesus was going to feed the, these people anyway. He didn't need Philip to feed these people, but he wanted Philip to feed these people. So we continue from Matthew 16, and it says, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Think about that for a second. If you were in Philip's shoes right now, okay, and you got Jesus, you've seen him do miracles and all that, and then he goes, because Jesus didn't say, I will feed them. He said, Philip, you feed them, okay? <laughs> You're standing with 20,000 people in front of you, and Jesus says, you feed them. Hey, how many of you would go? You would freak out. But I love this. The response of Philip is like, he says, we only have. I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you only have that God can use? Some of us think that we only have this. So I only have this capability. I only have this skill. I only have this finance. I only have. 
But God can use what you only have to reap a harvest. He can use what you only have to multiply when you are faithful to give it to Him. And so the simple word I want to give you this morning, uh, sorry, I'm going to, I didn't finish reading. Jesus said, bring them here. He said, uh, and he directed them to sit down and he continues to feed them. And the scriptures goes on to say that there was so much food left over that there was extra. There was barakat. There was extra. Guys got to take some home. Nobody knows that. My wife's from Grassy Park. So <laughs> she's like, that's my family's, we're all about barakat. But a simple word for today, simple word for today, and this is what I want you to write down. This is the, the simple word, the principle of the unstoppable seed. Anytime that God wants to intend to move in your life, in your family, in your community, in your city, anytime that God wants to move, at any time, He always wants to invite you on the journey. This is the story that we learn here. God desires you to be part of the miracle by being a participant. How many of us miss the miracle because we just aren't faithful to be the participant? But I'm in this situation. I don't know if God can even, no, God can use any situation. He can work all things for the good of those who are loved and called by Him. The Bible says that Jesus knew that He would feed them. He didn't have to guess. Jesus already knew. So I wanna let you know that our source is capable. When you're praying every day and you're going through your situation, I don't know what you're going through. I want to remind you that sometimes it might not be about you. It might be about somebody else that God wants to use you in that situation. Some of your most testing moments might be the most testifying moments. Remember that Goliath wasn't there to demote David. He was there to promote David. Instead, he was standing before a giant and the whole of Israel is going, we can't. And a little boy that only had pebbles in his hand, only had pebbles in his hand, could conquer one guy that conquered a nation. Come on, that's what God wants for your life. But you need to be available. What do you only have that you could sow into the kingdom and God could use for the furtherance? I believe that God has called you and everyone here today to partner with Jesus to see churches planted in Atlantis, to see churches planted in Hout Bay, to see our community saved, to see the work continue in all of our schools, to see our next generation saved. But you need to be an engaged church and not just an attending church. And that's a challenge. I know that's a hard thing, but, and it's easy to say that while well, I got the mic, but this is a challenge I give myself. What am I only have that I can give to Jesus that can allow me to engage and partner with Him for Him to do something? As you saw, the, the, the disciples were hesitant. You know why I think they were hesitant? Because that what Jesus was saying didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. How you want me to feed these people with this? But I think Jesus wanted to teach him a big example. Jesus might want to teach us a big example that whatever you have, He can use. And so this is what I want you to know. If there's anything that, that, that you can write down this morning is take whatever you have, give it to Jesus, step back and watch Him work. I don't know what you have, but give it to Him in faith. Step back and watch Him work. So if you're taking notes this morning, our first three points that I'm going to quickly hammer home. And the first one is, faith understands that every harvest starts with a seed. Jesus spoke about it. He's, Jesus actually in Luke 13 from verse 18, Jesus says this, that what is the kingdom of God like? Well, He says it's like a seed, like a mustard seed. But when you take that little thing like a mustard seed and you plant it, 
it can grow into something bigger. The biggest tree in your garden where the birds can perch on it, where other things can benefit from it because of the faithfulness of your little. Do you get that? Do you see how Jesus links faith and seed? Another scripture in Matthew 17, 20, he says, and he said to them, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will have, you'll be able to say to the mountain to uproot itself and move it over there because nothing is impossible for those that are continuously generous, for those that have the faith to believe, for those that keep giving it to Jesus, no matter how big. It's not about the quantity, it's about the quality of your faith that actually stirs God. It says that He is enthroned on the praises of His people and your faith might be a level of praise. And so whilst we praise you this morning, can we rise the level of our faith and our praise to God because He's good. And we saw the correlation here how Jesus actually at some point common sense, where common sense prevail, you would understand that faith starts with the seed. It starts with putting something in the ground. The action of faith is planting of a seed. You have to plant something to see something grow. And I know I'm talking about agriculture and Jesus used a lot of agriculture because I think they dealt with a lot of agriculture. For some of us, we might get like, what are you talking about, bro? But in essence, Jesus is talking about putting in and Him bringing out. And that's all it's about what we bring to Jesus. And when we plant a seed, maybe it's a prayer, maybe it's your finance, maybe it's your time, that when you plant a seed of action because of the faith, that you understand that you can reach a harvest, that this is not gonna go into nowhere, but it's actually gonna grow. And I love the fact that, you know, kingdom-minded, faith-driven people, they plant seeds everywhere they go. Every day they lose for an opportunity to plant a seed. They actually have a default setting. When, when they, like, I, I, I saw it in COVID. COVID. Like you actually see people that are going like, we are actually, we're in a famine season. They go, but we're going to plant a seed because we know that we don't own, moths and rust can destroy all of our treasures here on earth, but what I plant to Jesus goes into heaven. And so they bank what is now into an eternal account. And that's what it is. Faith people believe in planting seeds. They don't even think twice about it. I'm trying to teach this to my son. He goes to Van Riebeck Strand and we went to a, a sports game the other day and um, there was papers on the floor. So as we leave in the school, I said, boy, just pick up the papers. And he's like, <laughs> didn't even do that. But it's like, it's not my papers. I'm like, no, but it's your school and you're gonna grow here. So we're gonna sow where we're gonna grow. And I want to encourage you that that's a biblical principle. Some of us are wanting to grow, but we never want to sow. Some of us want to have the vision for what God wants to do in our community, but we're not prepared to take what we have, what we only have, a seed and put it in the ground. And that's the action of it, is that faith people plant seeds no matter what. Jesus arrived and He was going to feed the 15,000 or 20,000 people. And it was a vision moment, but He required a seed for that vision moment. Some of us might be in a famine season and you might be struggling with stuff. But when you're in a famine season, what do you need to do? You need to plant. <laughs> Both require seeds to be planted into the ground. You know what's so significant about this story is that the disciples, when they actually saw what Jesus did with what he had, they were blown away and they never lost the principle the kingdom principle of sowing an unstoppable seed. How do we know this? 
Because in the book of Acts, Jesus has left and the church has started. And a famine has broken out across the land. And I want to read this quickly in Acts chapter 11, verses 27 to 28 for you. And we can see how they had taken that lesson of faith and applied it to this season. And in these days, the prophet came to Jerusalem of Antioch, uh, to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine. He prophesied that there was going to be this great famine. He was bearing the bad news to them, which also happened in the days of Claudius. So we understand that there's a prophet, he's arrived now, and he's told them there's a problem coming. How many of you like those messengers? I just genuinely like shoot go away. But I love what their response is. Because of what Jesus did with the 5,000 or the 15,000 or 20,000, this is how they could respond. Immediately, from verse 29, it says, Then the disciples, each according to their ability. Not what they didn't have. It was according to the ability. Remember, some of us get caught on the quantity. It's not the quantity. It's your ability. It might not even be a tangible thing. It might be something that you prepare to do. A step of courage. A step of faith. But according to the ability, to what they had. Verse 28 goes on to say that they, that, uh, according to the ability, determined to send relief to the brethren. Their first emotion was help. So, do you see how when we learn from God and we learn from our experiences that we can continue to sow in faith? The second thing I want you to write down is that, and that leads to my next point, is that people of faith, they just plant seeds. I don't know about you, but um, who wants your next generation to be blessed? You know, where the scripture says that you're going in and you're coming out, where the scripture says that your next generation's generation's generation, generation will be blessed. Hey, who wants to have a, a family that's engaged in the purposes of God that one day you'll celebrate in heaven with? Thank you for the five people on the row, front row. Bless you. But, but seriously, how many of you want that in your life? Well, then you need to sow to it. And so I want to see my kids grow up in this house. Chris, Andre, Leanne, all of us, uh, Lou, all of us, we keep saying we want to give this church over. We want our kids to take over this church. We want them to be the next pastors. But we've got a vision for that. So you know what we do? We sow in that. So even stand camp, every opportunity I can sow into a stand camp or a stand conference, I do that. I sow into it because I know I might not see the reward now, but my kids are going to grow up under those leaders who attended that stand conference. That one day there will be a blessing poured out because of a faithful seed, because of the ability to say that I don't need to see it yet, but I can believe for it because anything is possible with God. And so I want to encourage you that when you are a faithful person that sows seed, this is what your mindset is. You know who your provider is. You know who your source is. You know where your help comes from. I'm going to sow the seed because I know who the King of Kings is. I'm going to sow the seed because He's the source. I'm going to sow the seed not because His bank account's going to run out. But some of us sow a seed and go, but, it, but the government, but my bank account, but my own efforts. It's nothing that can be earthly. Would you sow in faith, God? can multiply for eternal purposes. Could I get the worship team up, please? There's a nice golf clap. <laughs> Bless you. Love you guys. 
It's God alone who is your source. I wanna remind you that this morning. Like, I don't know what you're going through, what, you, what your battle is. Everybody's either going into a battle, you're currently in a battle, or you're coming out of a battle. Everyone sitting here, you somewhere in that space. But I wanna remind you this morning, your source is bigger than you can even imagine. Your source is never gonna run dry. And so with that, I wanna let you know that that earthly seed connected, that earthly seed sown connects you to a heavenly economy. And that's what we've got to realize is what we sow in faith is going to reap towards heaven. You know, there's a scripture in Mark 10, verse 21, a rich, young, rich man comes to Jesus. He comes running and he says, Master, good master, good master. He falls at his feet and he says to him, how, how do I inherit eternal life? Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? I think the Father's good. But then Jesus goes on to tell him what he needs to do. And so he starts off saying, don't murder anyone. Cool. Don't commit adultery. You shall not steal. Don't steal. Don't give lies. Don't give false testimonies. And don't defraud and uh, defraud other people. And honor your mother and your father. You know what the young rich leader said? Oh, done it. Yes, I've done it. All of those. I, from a young man, I've already done this. But Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, there's one more. From verse 21, he says this. If we can grab it up from Mark 10, it says, Jesus looked at him in love. He didn't look at him in, in, in judgmental. He looked at him in love and just reminded him that those are the things you can control, but you need to give me the things you can't control. Some of us want to actually follow God in the things we can control, but God's going to give me the things that you can't control. I need to show you what I'm capable of doing. And so he goes on to say, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything that you have and give to the poor and you will inherit the treasure in heaven. I don't think he was actually like going, but what he was trying to teach him is that generosity is a key thing. If you want to inherit the kingdom, we've got to sow, you've got to give. You can't just make it about you because you can get to heaven on those commands. But the thing is, the treasures are stored when we're generous. The treasures are stored when we have faith to sow what we have. Matthew 6, 19 to 20 says, Do not store for yourself treasures in heaven where moths uh, can destroy it or vermin or thieves can break in and take it, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Believers of faith have the confidence that what we plant a seed in today will be unshakable when it comes to eternity. The scripture says in Hebrew 11, it says there will come a time where God will shake the heavens and the earth. But those things that don't remain shakable, not the things that can fall away, the things that we put effort on sometimes in life can actually just die out tomorrow. They can actually be broken tomorrow. And we put all these emphasis on this. We stop focusing on people and we focus on things. And then we use people to run things rather than running things to help people. Jesus is saying, what's the unshakable stuff? That's the treasures in heaven. Saying clothing, believers walk in confidence because they have planted a seed. They know I've planted the seed. So I wanna call you to two things, two things today as a church. The two things are, I'm gonna call you to plant a seed of prayer. Prayer requires faith, but pray to God. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Second thing, and I'm just gonna, one that's really gonna twist you 
is your finance. And this isn't a finance pitch. I don't wanna let you know this whole sermon wasn't a finance pitch. And I'll tell you why. This was because of a scripture that I read in a quiet time that hit me between the eyes. A scripture I hadn't seen before. A scripture that showed me that God uses these principles in somebody's life. And it's in a scripture when the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out on the Gentiles yet. Remember, everybody thought Jesus was only there for the Jews. But the Holy Spirit, Peter goes to a guy called Cornelius. He's a Roman general. And the Holy Spirit's about to be poured out. But before he does that, an angel of the Lord comes to this Roman soldier. Just like that whole story, a Roman soldier who put Jesus on the cross. Well, the religious people put Jesus on the cross. It was done by Rome. Roman soldier. Secondly, he wasn't supposed to get it, but he did. But listen to the scripture. It says, the angel of the Lord came to Cornelius And he said, what is it, Lord? Because first he had fear. He was like, am I going to die? People thought they were going to die. I think if I saw an angel in the middle of my night, I'd be like, But it says the angel of the Lord, he said, what is it, Lord? And this is what the angel says to him. Look at this. It's so powerful. It says the angel answered, your prayers and your gift to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. You see, he didn't have to even know, and he didn't have a salvation prayer. He didn't even have the Holy Spirit yet, but he already prayed to God and had the faith to believe that God was gonna do something. He already gave towards something. He was putting a seed in the ground that later the Gentiles would experience Jesus and this, this moment where the gospel would come together and realize that Jesus died for everybody. That's my challenge this morning. It's so profound. That's my challenge to you this morning. His prayer and his sowing of a gift got the attention of God. What are you doing that's getting the attention of God? And that's my challenge. I wanna pray quickly. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes quickly. I want to pray for anybody here that just feels that you you feel that you want to start sowing, that there's more that God can use in you. And I just want to pray a blessing over you, that God would bless you even as you step out in faith. So you can raise your hand and just bring it back down once you do that. Anybody here, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Their hands going up all over you, bless you. And the step that you are making, just the acknowledgement is, an, is a faith step. It's a, remember that the water, as they walked in, thank you in the front. As they stepped into the promised land, they first had to put their foot into the Jordan River before it dried up. Today you're taking a courageous step. God said, when, when Joshua said, Lord, I don't know if I can do it. He said, don't worry, stick to the Word and be courageous. Do not have dismay because wherever you go, I'm going with you. And today you're inviting Jesus to go with you. Heavenly Father, I just pray a special blessing on all of our congregation that are making this step. They are making a statement of faith that they wanna be on mission, Father God, for you. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would see their hearts, Father God, and even whatever they have, Father God, as they give it to you, Will you multiply it for the furtherance of the kingdom, Lord? Will you show them the days when they look back and just claim of your faithfulness in the days that they had faith? You used it, Father God, and we can just glorify you and testify to the goodness of our loving God. You may be sitting here this morning and you, do, you need to make the biggest faith step that you've ever made in your entire life. 
and that's just to follow Jesus. Like, I don't know what you've achieved on your own, but I know that when I was lost, I struggled a lot. But when He found me, my life was changed from the inside out. Years later, I look now and I go, it is only by the grace of God. It is only by His goodness that I can stand here and testify to His goodness this morning. That could be your journey, but it requires you to do your first faith seed today, and that's to accept a relationship with Him. You can't earn this, by the way. It's already paid for by Him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only beloved Son, that whoever loves in Him, will not perish and have eternal life. You can only receive this gift of salvation. If you wanna receive it this morning, I wanna pray with you. And I'm gonna give you a moment, just quickly raise your hand and drop your hand. If there's anybody here that wants to give their heart to Christ this morning, don't wait, don't leave. Use this opportunity to acknowledge Christ before, or thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Is there anybody, I don't wanna move on. This is the point of, This is lost people coming to Jesus. Come on, thank you, Lord. If you are sitting here this morning and you want, I don't wanna, I wanna give you just another few seconds. If you just pop your hand up and put it down and I wanna pray for you. Church, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your Son. Through Him, I have eternal life. Lord, I recognize that I'm a sinner but that you saved me by your grace. I ask you to come into my heart, transform my heart right now from the inside out. Lord, I wanna walk the rest of my days with you. I wanna love you, Lord. And I wanna grow with you, Lord. Will you help me now? In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, can we just celebrate anyone that gave their heart to Jesus? Not only is our clap celebrating for you guys, I'm so pumped for you, but the angels in heaven celebrate for one. I wanna encourage you, don't leave it as a decision. We've got something called Following Jesus online. If you need to speak to one of our team at the Next Steps Lounge, they can help you. But it'll help you understand the decision you've made. We also wanna give you a Bible and make sure that we bless you guys. A reminder that we have Easter coming up. We have one opportunity. People say that they would have come if they were invited. Why don't you sign up in faith for people you wanna invite with you or bring with you to Easter and then collect a ticket. It's just gonna help us manage the auditorium and the flow. But I encourage you, if you wanna bring eight people, sign up the eight names, get your tickets for the service that you're coming in and then you can give them a gift of an invitation to join us for Easter. Is that good? Come on girls, God bless, have an amazing day. We appreciate you guys.